0: living the dream this is the outside gate with Steve Hall on the L4 media network we're talking US moto anywhere the conversation goes joining us today from racer x from start your systems and from the new show more than moto it's Kellen Brear. welcome to the show Kellen
1: yeah thanks for having me I appreciate uh the call or the, the the message I should say to have me on the show and yeah excited to talk a little bit moto today
0: Thanks, man. Thanks. So, um, I was just saying to Callan, I like his story. So, yeah, anybody that um, knows me or has watched the show, you know by now that um, that I love the story, the stories of life, stories of people and people in moto. And uh, I sort of briefly know, I know Callan from um, when he first started coming on, um, you know, Pulp and appearing on Racer X things, and that he was uh, a, a big, big guy in um, in gaming um and um I used to ask my son because my son's a big gamer um I used to say to him because I always try, he, I'm big on moto he's been into gaming and and we don't sort of have the same interests and um I used to always say to him do you know Callan Callan's this guy is really big in, in gaming and he sort of look at me because he's into more um war games and cowboy yeah. games and and shoot 'em up games rather than moto games so he didn't know you but it was a bit of a running joke. I was like, dude, you got to follow Callan. He's big in gaming, you know? So <laughs> I sort of knew a bit about you with that. And, um, and yeah, man, you're living the dream. Young bloke working for Racer X. That's so cool. So yeah, I, I love the story and want to hear, um, more about it. Um, so dude, you live in California? Yeah. See, I, I thought you were living on the East Coast like uh, the other Racer X guys, but yeah. I no.
1: Guess, but... Yeah. I mean, that's like a, a weird, um, thing that i run into a lot is i've i've been in california uh from the start and i've I run into all these people out here and every time i introduce myself as you know obviously kellen from racer x they're like oh so you're in from west virginia today and i'm like nope nope just drove down the five freeway or whatever and here i am so <laughs> quite funny yeah
0: yeah man yeah i, I guess you know nowadays you know every, so many things are just done remote like you don't you know you don't have to call into the office and and uh, catch up with Davey and Wege and all that, do you? Yeah, yeah, cool man. Yeah, hey, I mean, yeah. yeah. not sorry. Yeah,
1: no, I was gonna say, um, yeah, our our most of our team is remote. Um, even Wege doesn't work from the racetracks office. He lives in North Carolina, and um, my coworker Mitch does go into the office occasionally. But we have people kind of scattered all over. Our video guys in Philly, and then some people are in West Virginia at the office. So definitely a mixed bag
0: yeah 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 very cool man and um you're married with kids i believe
1: yeah just one kid um but yes married uh for five years now and our daughter's three and uh yeah just living the dream like you said
0: how old are you dude i am 30. you're 30. you look younger you probably get (laughs) that a lot yeah i do get
1: that a lot and uh, this week on the uh, the lvk podcast as you alluded to uh, lewis was shocked to find out that i am 30 or in my 30s as we talked about he thought i was younger than him as well so <laughs> even it's, he doesn't know
0: it's a good thing man it, it, it you might have it might have annoyed you because i was the same that might have annoyed you um so far in your life but you'll get it back on the other end like because i, I I remember getting asked for id to buy cigarettes when i was 29 that was the last time i got asked because i was such a baby face you know and um but now i'm nearly you know i'm I'm inching towards 50 and people still think i'm like in my 30s you know so yeah. I, I get it i get it i'm getting it back now you know i've got a, <laughs> a good mate of mine was one of these guys who had a beard in high school you know mm. and and now he looks a lot older than me and and he said to me a while back I said he said like dude you know you suck and I said but dude like I was I was the bloke who looked like a little boy when I was 25. so (laughs) and you 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 know you you had a beard and you were bench pressing 350 pounds in in 10th grade you know so like you can't have it both ends of your life yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah man yeah hey um we better uh we better talk about uh, before we get into your story just talk about a couple of relevant things man the weather's looking ominous for uh, san diego hey
1: yeah it doesn't look great but i stand by that san diego always kind of throws curveballs like we i mean we grew up with the joke of us uh i'm from san diego originally and we joke up that uh the weathermen down there didn't really have to do anything other than just say it's sunny and 75 again today um and even days that it would be predicted to rain when i was growing up it would sprinkle maybe a little bit and then it would just move on and we would have just a little bit of dampness so i'm gonna stand by that it's not gonna be as bad as it might look and it kind of looks like it wouldn't even start until the night show anyway so that also will help the track i think stay in reasonably good condition only maybe get really bad by the main events but um I, I, fingers crossed that we don't have another motor this week I, i'm good with the one that we had this past weekend
0: yeah we don't want too many you know like it was um yeah it's okay to have one now and again like i, I i'm not gonna lie i liked how tighten the points up mm-hmm. um you know instead of you know we don't you know I, I keep saying to people um i'm very torn i feel like i'm a bad australian because it's pretty awesome to have a young Aussie um winning everything but um even more so than that I love the sport and I love the you know I want to see uh I want to see battles I want it you know I want I don't want to tear away winner so um yeah that uh it certainly tightened it up and and that was good but yeah you don't want too many don't too many matters yeah that's for sure I mean
1: just for the simple sake that I don't want uh now that we have had one and the points are close we have this one and one of those guys has a dnf this weekend suddenly it's not close so yeah, yeah keep it tidy and just uh like you i want good battles and, and make this championship last as long as we can have
0: it yeah yeah and i'm a, I, you know being a being a guy who loves the story I, I love i love the story of an underdog or or um or eli you know coming back and mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of stories i like like that rather than, like jet's gonna win heaps he's he's gonna have his chance <laughs> I want one of the old blokes, you know, or Ando or someone, someone of the old blokes to step it up and, and, and do something this year. So yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. <clears throat> so how does, tell me, it, So let's get into your story. So how does it start? So like, um, I guess what I usually, um, I usually talk about, uh, when the bug first bites, you know, when you, yeah. when you first saw racing or got a mini bike or whatever, when did, when did that bug for moto bite?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I got into motocross and supercross before I ever really got on a dirt bike because my dad grew up doing it obviously. And, uh, he started showing me like old VHS tapes when I was young of, of, you know, races in the early nineties, late eighties and stuff like that. And then he took me to my first ever supercross when I was still four. Uh, it was the 98 LA Coliseum supercross. And, um, yeah, i feel like from kind of that moment on i was hooked like this is this is cool it's really loud uh that's that was my biggest takeaway from the first few that i went to and i would always have to wear some soundproof headphones but yeah i just love the experience and the smells and the track and and seeing what those guys could do on motorcycles so i was hooked and that led into getting a dirt bike myself and getting into racing and riding and i think i entered my first race when i was eight or nine or so and uh raced for about a decade, and kind of realized in that span when I was getting into my teenage years that I wasn't going to be good enough to go pro, but I think I could, uh, you know, still add value to the sport in other ways. And and um, kind of, I have a little bit of a family history with um, my uncle, my grandpa, some some uh, other family members that are journalists or have writing backgrounds. And, uh, so I, I got into journalism classes when I was like 14, 15 years old and just started writing and, uh, became the editor in chief of my, um, newspaper at my high school and things like that. Just kind of getting the bug of writing and interviewing and, and all that stuff like that with the intention that I think that that's something that I could also do in moto, even though I'm not going to end up racing professionally, be around the sport and, and be involved and stuff like that. So, um, yeah just kind of got into that and it slowly built into finding some success with with uh worked for verb moto for a while and then obviously started start your systems and that was was really popular as well and just kind of built up to a spot where I could get a job at racer x and yeah kind of live the dream out
0: that's the way what was the first what was the first bike
1: first bike was a PW80 uh it was like probably like a decade old when I got it, and it was a hand-me-down from two other people before that. But yeah, I rode the wheels off of that thing. I uh often got the throttle stuck on it, which I heard was a pretty common issue with the PW eighties. And there was a few times that I would just pin it off the track until I hit a fence. Uh, but I'd always pick it up with a smile on my face and keep riding. So yeah, it was a good bike. I liked it.
0: That's a why, right. that's the right. why, yeah. I thought you were gonna say PW50 for a sec there which is like is like. I
1: was a little tall
0: nearly <laughs> nearly everyone's answer you know yeah. Like, yeah especially like people your age is nearly it was nearly always a pw50 mine was an xr75 which is nearly everyone's first bike from people my age so <laughs> yeah it was a, when know, did you yeah. get
1: into it when was your first time riding
0: uh I was about I, I'm not sure exactly but I was about 10 years old okay yep so yeah I um so I oh, just just the, the the brief version is so my um my dad was um race cars and and from the um from the moment there was a boy out, you know because I'm the only boy four sisters like this kid's going to be a car racer you know and he <laughs> he he read a book where a a famous driver said that um riding trail bikes benefited him as a driver mm. so the next day the xr75 arrived only problem for dad and I end up did I did race cars a little bit The only problem for dad is I love the motorbikes more than the cars. so yeah. <laughs> he sort of he sort of lost me in that move as well but geez I'm glad he did yeah yeah,
1: yeah it's a but it's a bug that's hard to to scratch or to itch really once you get it man it bites you and you just yeah, yeah. hang on for dear life at that point
0: you either have it you know it either it either bites or it doesn't then not yeah mm-hmm. it um you know I think uh the um even people who've um you know, I've got mates who who don't ride anymore and it's it's more sort of you know they um you know they've got a wife and family and all that and they think they've got to be more responsible and all that sort of yeah. thing so they but I'm sure that's still that's not sure that bug's still biting them you know but uh, oh yeah but most people they're in it for uh in it for life once you once you love it there's nothing it's like um you know people don't understand do they? it's like oxygen you need you've got to be around it you got to do it yeah
1: well, I think that's what's cool about this sport, man, is like, I mean, my dad raced until he's, um, you know, 67 years old now, and and he raced up until a couple of years ago. He was still out there getting after it, so it's it's cool to see the old guys that, you know, I grew up watching and stuff like that still going out there and doing motos, and you go to Loretta's, and you see the Brownies and the John Grewey's and stuff like that, pounding out laps. It's, it's awesome that from four to, you know, 70, you got skill sets of all size and and, uh guys still going after and kind of chasing their
0: dreams a little bit yeah i love it it just it just warms my heart when i see you know that the older the better you know like i i um i'd love to do more but i've done a few um uh vintage races and Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah you get some guys there that turn up that uh you know you don't ask their age but you you can tell them pretty well because our vintage race we don't have any age classes there's not not enough of us to do it so it's it's, yeah. more, it's bike classes um but yeah I've seen some guys and I'm like Jim you you you're a fucking legend you know like <laughs> they'll 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 drag out yeah you know, I've seen guys out there and they've dragged out like the yellow and black leathers that they wore in the, in the in the early 70s you know when they're riding mm-hmm. and I just I just love love the fact that they've got that passion for it still you know mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. fantastic yeah so dude having the uh, what you're saying about um having that direction so young that in high school you you led towards journalism with a with a mind to getting into moto journalism that's pretty cool and unusual man like Not a lot of uh, like I'm, I'm 40, I'm nearly 48 and I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up, you know? So (laughs) it's like a lot of kids, um, don't, uh, don't have that sort of direction for for you to really, and not like, I mean, I don't, I've just met you, but I'm pretty sure that you're, you're living, you know, the right path in life that you were supposed to by, you know, um, by, uh, just how happy you are and how engaged you are in what you're doing. So that's, um that's pretty cool and 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 pretty um pretty lucky and pretty impressive to have that sort of direction so young man yeah yeah
1: Yeah, well I feel like for me it was so much of you know I grew up reading magazines and motocross action racer x and cycle news and stuff like that and you just kind of get ingrained with the personalities which I feel like there's even maybe going to be more coming soon of guys that grew up listening to Steve and JT and Weege and now the more podcasts like you and stuff like that that uh it's just kind of like part of their life to know that motocross media is another outlet where they can kind of share their passion a little bit. And for me, like I said, I, I I knew I wasn't going to be good enough to go professional. It really was kind of like, for me, an idea of how can I be involved in something that I love so much, even if I don't get to race it at the highest level or something like that, I still want to be involved. I want to be around and, and see the bikes and, and all this stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think from a young age, it was just like, and I just want to be a part of it in any way possible. And if this is a, a way to get in, then I'm going to go for it, you know?
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. now nah, I reckon, uh, I reckon that's awesome. So how, how, um how did you, how did you get the job at racer X?
1: <clears throat> the racer X job was um, so I'd worked at verb for five years from like 2012 to 2017 and, and they actually shut their doors in 2017 and um i was one of the last people that was still kind of hanging on there and got a couple opportunities to like go to europe and work mxgps it didn't take that and then um interviewed with transworld and, and racer x back then and neither of those really kind of worked out I'd, i would have had to move to west virginia to work for racer x back then and Wege tells me to this day he's like no chance some california kid would have stayed in west virginia so that's why he didn't hire me then but uh, yeah, so I kind of got out of the industry a little bit, um, ended up working in search engine optimization for websites and stuff for a little while, and um, kept after with the Start Your System stuff. So I was still doing the gaming things and uh, started going to events and traveling around and interviewing people. So I kind of built a little bit of a reputation as a guy that like could do this other media side of it as well. And uh, it turns out that Weege's son Watched my videos like he was kind of a fan of start your systems and through his son watching it i guess we one day just started watching it as well and was like who is this guy like he talks about the sport he does these interviews and stuff like that while he plays video games and he's like wait a minute this is a guy we've already interviewed and he's already applied to our company a few times let me call him again and see if he'd be interested in working for us and yeah i was into it so um he kind of called me out of the blue one day or really emailed me out of the blue and then called me and we just talked it out and tried to figure out if something would work for me to come work for racer x and within a couple of weeks i think it was it was it was a done deal and moved moved back into the sport pretty I, I guess seamlessly in that regard
0: cool man what was your very first thing at racer x your first like story or video or whatever what was the first thing you did
1: uh the first thing that i really remember doing was um that was right as michael lindsay had started his fxr chaparral honda team and i was already kind of tight with jerry robin because he played video games and, and we were close so i'm like let me just reach out to him and see if we can do something about the team and do a little kind of privateer story for my first week there so i went and shot like a bunch of these photos for him and justin starling and cody shock on that team and. Uh, met their team manager out there. And and um, I think they ended up using a lot of my photos for some of their team stuff as well. But that was kind of the first story that I did and uh, interviewed all of them. And, and we wrote a big piece about what their program is going to look like and how things are going to work and everything like that. And I actually just talked to that same team manager this past weekend in San Francisco. And and he was just telling me like, I still remember that first day you walked out there and you're just like, what's going on? How do we get this dialed in and all this stuff? And And now I'm walking around the pits sometimes i guess like i own it a little bit but like a, uh, pro. Like a pro like a pro yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. a sharp learning curve but um yeah so that was kind of like the first real big story i did
0: yeah cool man do you like um do you fanboy when you meet people you know that you haven't met before in the pits and that sort of thing
1: i uh definitely for guys that i grew up watching i think like a little bit more of this younger generation it's kind of you know, I still think of them as as, you know, supreme athletes and super talented and stuff like that. But they're obviously like kind of behind my generation of idolization. So yeah. Um, you know, when I've met like Jeremy McGrath and uh Jeff Stanton and and guys like that, that's where I'm like, Okay, hi, good to meet you and stuff like that, and and quickly try to tighten it up and you know, do the proper interview or whatever. But um it's definitely guys like that that you grow up watching that it's, it's it's hard to get past the stardom just a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah i yeah i imagine it would be man yeah like i i'm, I'm not like I, i've i've met I've, I've met um aussie stars but I've, I've virtually not met any um us ones but i'm just i'm i don't really fanboy sort of much ever but i think yeah i think um i always say that i think uh if i met uh mc or rj I would uh, definitely get a little bit giddy. I'd get a little bit giddy. I think I'd be a yeah. little. I'd be a little bit, uh, you know, white white girl at the Taylor Swift concert. You know, <laughs> like that. Yeah, just- <laughs> yeah. It'd definitely uh, get me tongue tied. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And uh, with your racing, man. So you said you you did race for a little while. Um, what's your like most memorable race? Or you know, it doesn't have to be your best result. But what's what's a real racing memory that sticks with you?
1: Honestly, it was probably the first race I ever did, which was a day in the dirt, which has kind of become like a bit of a popular event. We have one in SoCal. There's also one in Florida. And um, yeah, just like the experience of going down to the line the first time with my dad, I still hold that um, pretty valuable to my memory and uh, seeing all the guys on the gate. And then because that event is kind of a big deal, like being my first ever race, you have like sponsor banners everywhere. And obviously, like there are some kind of good riders that are just on the fence line watching and stuff like that so yeah i think it was kind of like a bit of a starstruck moment for me and at the same time trying to enjoy just being on a dirt bike at a young age like that but i just remember racing that and coming off the track and i think i got 10th or something out of 24 and high-fiving my dad and i just i really hold that as, as something that like i'm glad i remember that moment and i can still hold that as, as a valuable uh,
0: memory for me yeah man yeah that's no, awesome i love stuff like that and what about I, i'll bet you remember the first crash what was the first crash was it like whiskey into a fence like most people or well
1: like i said when i when i rode that pw80 it's just the throttle seemed to stuck like every other time i went riding and uh maybe one of the most memorable ones that i have is uh i was riding the the little 80 cc track at lake Elsinore motorsports park out here and the throttle stuck going through a sweeper and it was one of the first or second times it ever happened eventually i learned like okay break don't panic or whatever but this happened this one time and i just shut my eyes like i didn't even know what was going on i was freaking out and ended up going like across the track and hitting like t-boning the back tire of a kid going the other way (laughs) and we both flew and cartwheeled and stuff like that and i just was laying there with my eyes closed like when is it going to stop when is it going to stop and then my dad got to me and i was okay and We picked it up and carried on and kept riding that day but i i remember just thinking like this isn't fun i I don't like this feeling of not knowing where the bike is going or what i'm doing uh so i pretty quickly tried to learn how to control things from that but obviously we all still hit the ground from time to time and still the same feeling still not fun when it's it's going down and you know it's it's coming at you
0: do you ride much nowadays
1: not too much because our weekend schedules are so busy, so I don't get to go out on the weekends. Really, the only times I get to ride is going out during the week uh, weekdays with our test guy, Chris Kiefer. Uh, and every time I go, he's like, bring gear, you got to ride. So I get a chance to ride maybe a couple motos when I go out there. But um, I think, like you said, I, I try to tame it down a little bit. Obviously, I, I want to stay healthy so that I can still type and write and get around and everything like that. But also, I mean... I don't really have any aspirations of going pro or anything like that. I'm not trying to impress Roger DeCoster out here. So just mm-hmm. go out and have a good time and cruise around and come back safe every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you pass that, um, you probably already passed that being a dad, past that section where that, that time where you need to prove yourself on a track. Mm-hmm. It's just, just going to have Like, I don't take any risks, man. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> yeah. like my favorite track is, um, it's just this little country track here in Victoria, and it's like um, it's all tabletops and big berms, and just it's all you know, it's like all low risk stuff. Like there's yeah. no, there's no uh, you know, not, you know, you can't sort of under jump anything, you can't really over jump anything. It's all just um, good fun track, and I just like pounding laps, man, to keep fit on the bike, you know, because I've I feel good when I jump on a bike and I feel fit on it, you know. And, yeah, well, uh, I mean,
1: it's a freaking great way to work out works yeah, out yeah. Damn near every muscle in your body
0: yeah i'm still like the uh i'm still like the little kid that rides till he runs out of fuel you know what like, yeah on the, the first one out there when they say the track's open and i'm and i'm the last one when they're they're to throw the checkers on me on a ride day man to pull in <laughs> so I, i'm just like keep going and, and yeah. Uh, yeah i love it still just, just absolutely love it man yeah but that's the go um dude so yeah like elsinore man quick just quick story um from me, I um so went to Anaheim one just recently, mm-hmm. and um afterwards I was still there for a couple of days, and I wanted to go around and just check out the other tracks. Most of them I knew they were going to be closed, or I thought they were going to be closed, and um I just wanted to go and have a look over the fence. And when I got to Elsinore, the gates like half open. The center uh-huh. was going to be closed. The gates like half open. So, being the type of dude I am, I just drove straight in and um i happened across uh, like a pro test day <laughs> so here i am this aussie tourist in a uh in a, in a rented in a rented minivan and i pull up and i'm like wow so I'll, I'll grab my camera out and i was walking around taking photos of jason anderson and dillifrey and all this sort of thing so man i'll tell you that was pretty cool and pretty l- lucky that i decided to uh go and check out elsinore You know, like the main reason i wanted to go to elsinore is was... um even just the town, I'm a big on any Sunday fan, so I'm I'm a product of on any Sunday, you know. Yeah, and um, it's a uh, it's the famous town in on any Sunday, the Elsinore Grand yeah. Prix, Malcolm Smith, you know. So um, just even going to the town was cool, and then going out to the track and happening across that, and I was like, oh my. and there was like a, a video guy there. I reckon he worked for Monster because he was taking all you know following Ando and the PC bikes a lot. Mm-hmm there was one photographer with a proper big camera and then little old me wandering around with me uh second hand camera with uh yeah I was like but uh geez that was uh that was a fun experience that uh that happened to me man yeah yeah that's cool did you get a
1: chance to like go into uh Elsinore town a little bit and see where the start finish line is for the GP and all
0: that stuff like that or
1: see the trails up on the hills that they they ride on and all that
0: I, I looked around, I was always, I was looking everywhere. Head was on a swivel, looking everywhere. And I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't able to sort of figure out, you know, anything in particular where the race would have gone or anything like that. I wasn't able to figure out any of that. Um, but yeah, I drove around there a fair bit, drove, had a look at the, the lake and and drove around the town a bit and and all that sort of thing. And then um, obviously the track and and um, had some breakfast there and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I was like, I went on quite a few adventures while I was over there did a a fair few um pretty uh pretty cool things so it was uh certainly was a uh, trip of a lifetime for me that's for sure so
1: yeah I can imagine especially like you like like liking that any Sunday movie you you must have just been looking at the hillsides like oh my gosh I remember seeing that and this and yeah it must just felt like you're in the movie for a minute right
0: (laughs) yes man like it was amazing like I grew up um you know, I guess a bit like you were talking before, you know, you grew up reading. So I love to write. And the main reason I love to write is because I grew up, um, reading, um, particularly, uh, Rick Simon, super hunky. Yep. Yep. And, um, and Tom Webb, those two in particular, um, I, I would, uh, I would wait patiently for dirt bike magazine to arrive like two months late, you know, <laughs> well, it was about six weeks late, you know, and, um, and yeah I would read every word of even the ads like the whole lot Uh, but my favorite thing was always the writings the stories of those guys and they'd, they'd be talking about you know trail riding in the desert and and all that sort of thing um all that sort of SoCal scene and also made me a big fan of Jim Holly because he was <laughs> he was the dude doing the wild shit in Dirt Bike Magazine, you know. So yeah,
1: still to this day he is. So he hasn't <laughs> yeah, changed. Much. Right. No, he's, <laughs> a,
0: he's definitely a uh, a hero, of mine, man. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's right. Yeah, cool. And you know, like I checked out Glen Helen and Paris and Parler. And
1: did you get a chance what? to ride at all? You got to ride these tracks a little bit too, right?
0: Nah, nah, honestly, I I had a chance to maybe ride Glen Helen. I met up with a mate out there like you you would know you'd know tool man dan yeah 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 Yeah, dan colvin so i met him out at at, um, Glen halen and that there was a bit of of talking riding but i i i couldn't take the risk that that was before a1 that was on the the week before Mm -hmm. i couldn't take the risk i'm just thinking imagine if i break a bone or something because i'm a pretty ordinary rider i ride a lot and i've ridden a long time but i'm an ordinary rider imagine if i have crash and i'm sitting in a hospital instead of getting to a1 like my life's dream you know uh, so yeah so i just i thought better of it and then um but yeah but it was okay like i i hope to get back over there one day and and uh and and get a ride in then you know but this one was really about you know like i'd never been to a never been to the us never been to a supercross bigger than melbourne supercross you know mm-hmm. so uh, that the dream was to to get to a1 that was sort of the goal of the trip and i was happy just to drive around those tracks and have a look at them you know so
1: yeah yeah well i'm not trying to steal your podcast but what did you think of a1
0: like as a guy that you probably built it up for so many years like what was it like um man no, no worries about like i said to you before this <laughs> this show goes off in tangents all no, over the place it's a, totally organic but a1 man it was it was a dream come true like um the the racing aside so it was pretty flat for an A1 yeah the racing the racing was um especially the 450 main it was sort of like jet got out to a lead and everyone was sort of like oh that's that's all over now um so it the, the 450 main was a bit flat um but the experience of being there walking in the stadium like i've been lost for words maybe maybe twice in my adult life and the second time was walking into the stadium I was walking in with a couple of friends and they're like Steve you're finally here you know the cut like everyone else everyone I met there to go there with was all all um, Americans and and I was like I had no words and I was like I couldn't I couldn't even I couldn't talk I was just like grinning and (laughs) nodding my head like you know and um so that was um that was just uh amazing yeah I love that uh, yeah, because like you know, obviously that that's the yeah, that's the t-shirt there that I was. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Main Event Moto, um, and um, I was part of the. We had sort of a Main Event Moto gathering there where we all all sat. sat so you, and, were you part of the the
1: Daniel Blair crew?
0: That sat yeah, yeah, in the, the 511 sense, section. There step, you go, 511. <laughs> that's it. I was part of the <laughs> 511 crew. There was about seventy of us. So oh
1: my gosh,
0: all the party, all, all wearing that t-shirt and. All that sort of thing so it was a whole whole thing it was actually like it was it was actually daniel blair who talked me into finally talked me into going you know because like, yeah yeah because it was always like you know oh, i can't afford it you know and that sort of thing and and anyway in the end i um i made it happen and got over there and it's yeah it's uh it was unbelievable so <laughs> yeah awesome
1: i love that that's so great <laughs> yeah.
0: you know there's um there's what i'll do i'll i'll um I wrote a story about it for the for the motorheads
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll um I'll send you that story that'll give you a good insight yeah. onto what the the trip sort of meant to me you know
1: oh yeah um, keen to read that that's
0: great yeah so it was um uh, pretty amazing you know yeah you know, left leave the wife and kids at home and they, but they were like my wife and kids are amazing like that they're just like like you know honey or dad this is this is your fucking dream like why are you even asking us go do it you know so mm-hmm um yeah that was um that was amazing man yeah awesome. hey tell us tell me more about so I'm old guy like I said to you earlier I don't know much about gaming man so like I it, yeah this this would make you laugh I can remember um the um like the the rich kid at school so I went to a little little school in a country town in Australia and like he wasn't that rich but his dad was the local um judge at the courthouse. So okay. He, Yeah, (laughs) and they had a bit nicer car and a bit bigger house and that they certainly weren't rich but he was more well off than most of us you know yeah and I remember going to his house for a birthday party probably about you know third grade grade three as you guys would say and he had an Atari and that Atari was new and we were playing Pac-Man and it was like so that's like that's some grassroots of gaming for you that was like wow what what is this thing you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then we would have little um kids at school we had those first little tiny they're worth a fortune now we should have kept it those tiny little Nintendos the first ones tiny little things. Yeah, the Game Boys. Yeah, little black and white screen. I had one where it was Mickey Mouse collecting chickens' eggs, and <laughs> I was pretty good at that. And um, I yeah, uh, I've looked up what's that, what that's worth now. I'm worth a fortune if I kept it. It was in good mm-hmm. condition. So oh yeah, but yeah, in general, man, I was always a kid and an adult that like I I struggle to sit down for too long. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like you know, um, I've. Uh, i got to keep mobile so I never sort of got into um, into the gaming but yeah Yeah. so my my young fella though he's um, he has autism and um, you know he's he's had a lot of big struggles in life and um, a lot of his life he's spent a lot a lot of his life um, gaming you know getting away from the world in his own little world of of, of games and um, that's a long story but so I know bits and pieces about uh, what he's into but yeah He's never sort of played any sort of moto games. It's always, you know, um, like, oh, what's his? I got. I asked him. I said, told him you were coming on the show. He's Like Fortnite or Call of Duty or his, his favorite game ever. Oh, he's played both of them, but his favorite game ever is Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay. Yep. Yep. He loves that. He's that's like yeah. the best. And at the moment, he's playing Baldur's Gate Three. So okay. Yeah. I don't know what they are, man. But, <laughs> so. Back to where I was your, so you were like commentating, um, gaming races. Is that, that's what you, that's what start your systems does.
1: Yeah. So start your systems. Um, it's one of the things that we do. Start your systems is really kind of like a, a, um, I guess you could call it a little bit of like a news or information platform for motocross video games. Um, we post up videos, uh, about, you know, what's new in the gaming world with these types of games or what new tracks are available or things like that we do tutorial videos about how to get better at these like simulation type of video games as well um so really the videos that we post are kind of our bread and butter but for uh 12 years now i've called the it's called mx simulator it's a video game where um you know it's like kind of the closest I guess, the simulation physics that we have in terms of uh, dirt bike video game. There's another new one called MX Bikes that a lot of people play, and and it's also quite good. But that one, uh, they have like a replica series of Supercross and Motocross, and they also do MXGP, and, and they do some of their own custom series and stuff like that. And I raced professionally in the game from 12 to 2018 or so. But since 2012, I've been one of the lead commentators as well. And so when I started Start Your Systems, they pretty quickly brought our company in as, hey, like you're you're good at it. The broadcasts that you do are good. So let's keep it rolling with that. So yeah, we've been broadcasting their professional supercross and motocross series for nine years now, on our ninth year right now. And um, yeah, every week we we call those races. It's a myriad of gamers from around the world. We've had champions from France and Australia and obviously the USA. And um, it's really kind of cool to see this mixed bag of young MX or motocross fans. And they are so into the sport that they you know dedicate a lot of time to be really good at this video game. And kind of get their names out there that way so like even guys like uh i'm sure you've heard of like matt burkeen he's won a championship in the game there's another privateer named logan leitzel that races supercross and and he's won a championship in the game and um jeremy smith who's another privateer he's my teammate on one of the teams that we run for the game too so there's a lot of people that are super involved in it super into it and um yeah i've just been kind of the, the lead broadcast guy some people call me the the weege of of motocross video games i guess but uh yeah just kind of call these races and, and have fun with it and and um yeah just have a little bit of fun
0: awesome man awesome yeah like i you know I, it's kind of yeah it's kind of what i envision in visit yeah i won't try and say that word again it's kind of what i thought you yeah. would you would do it yeah 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 um cool cool yeah it's definitely a different um different world to someone of my my generation you know i reckon the last game i played um for any length of time was uh was like mortal Kombat two. Me and my mates used to have a few beers yeah. and, and and play that sometimes, you know. And um the last game I played of any kind though, um I took my uh son when he was only a little bloke, I took him to a uh, birthday party that was like at a big gaming thing, you know, had they had bowling, laser tag, machines, air hockey, everything, you know, to a mate's birthday party and We got there early and, um, we jumped on a, a couple of, um, Daytona machines that were linked up and, um, the first, the first race I, um, I took off and then he, he caught me like easily. And so I crashed him into a wall, won that, (laughs) won, won the race. And retired undefeated so <laughs> there you just, go so, so i still say to him, remember dad's the daytona champion because <laughs> you know, so i knew i was gonna get my ass kicked at that i said let's play hockey instead something i can win you know so yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: um but yeah that was uh yeah no no good at uh, no good at stuff like that but yeah 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 cool cool yeah the
1: video games for me was you know going back to my childhood and like i said it was uh you know i Went to racing and watched racing before i ever even got on a dirt bike but when i got to the age where i was riding and sometimes racing you know you come home at the end of the day and i would put on like these bar to bar vhs tapes or you know the um uh crusty demons of dirt i would just wear those vhs tapes out and when i would get sick of that i'd be like all right well now i want more like i'll go play a video game that has something to do with dirt bikes or whatever like i just couldn't Scratch the itch ever, you know, and so got really into motocross video games and was playing Supercross the games back then and Jeremy McGrath Supercross 98. And um, my parents used to always say, like, oh, you're playing those games too much. But now that I got a company that's centered around it, they're kind of flipped the other way and they're like, oh, good thing that you learned all about those games so you can talk about them these days. But uh, yeah, yeah. it's just like, I just couldn't get enough, man. I just wanted more moto in my life every single second of the day.
0: Yeah. I understand you know your parents like, like I used to give my young like a hard time you know and that because I'm I'm so bloody old school like my kids still can't believe that I'm doing this that i learned learn mm-hmm. how to run a podcast and I can edit <laughs> audio and all this sort of thing they, they, they just laugh all the time it was it's not that long ago I was still clinging to me flip phone because I couldn't get the hang of a touch screen you know so like um, I've come a long way but I've, I've really learned from from my kids a lot of stuff you know and and uh I'm not as much of a old school get off my lawn type of guys I used to be <laughs> when I was you know 15 years younger but um nah it's um you know like uh yeah I used to give him a bit of a hard time and that but like he's actually learnt he's learnt heaps, man like he um you know he struggled with school and all that sort of thing and and um him getting into the workforce ever is always going to be a struggle and that sort of thing but like uh couple of christmases back there he was just like i don't want any um don't want anything i want some money because i want to build my own computer and he's never learned at any training or anything on that and i was like oh what do you need that so he gave him some money and he just bought all these parts he borrowed a couple of screwdrivers and he built his own big gaming computer he's got this dungeon i call it the dungeon with the, <laughs> the screens and the big computer yeah. and all that and you know and he'll, he'll buy new parts and he'll borrow a screwdriver and he'll put them in and all this he's learned how to do all this sort of stuff um you know just through um just through through gaming and watching watching shows about gaming and he watched yeah. po- he watched podcasts about gaming and and you know, all that sort of stuff so yeah it uh there is you know it's not all bad there is is benefits to it you know so
1: yeah but, well i mean you know to that point like when I got a computer and started gaming on a computer, like I learned so much about things that you can do on a computer, um, like that I never would have known or learned or anything like that. Like all video editing that I do and photo editing and everything was completely self-taught. Like I didn't go to school for video or photo. I went to school for journalism and broadcasting and stuff like that. And, um, you know, all the filming and stuff I do now was just me sitting down and tinkering with all these different programs and stuff like that. And, uh, I definitely, you know, looking back on it, I'm really glad that I got into it the way that I did, because for me it was just like <clears throat> this natural like wanting to learn more instead of being told it. If you get told to do something, sometimes you're not as inclined to stay committed to learning a program or learning software or whatever like that. But because I was so interested in and mm. in getting to know it better, now I feel like I'm a lot better of a, you know, more versatile versatile journalist because of it as well. So definitely recommended.
0: I think, I think like you say, like, um, you're obviously a fairly driven person. I'm a driven, I think driven people, um, need to make their own mind up to do something, I think anyone, yeah. that's really, if you're really driven, you're not so good at being told what to do, you know, right. you, you want to, you, you want, you, you need to well, want to do it, you know? Um, yeah. and then, and then, then you're all in and you learn and that sort of thing. So yeah, that, um, that definitely makes sense, man. Yeah definitely makes sense um what's your favorite part your very the absolute favorite part of your job Whew, that is
1: tough to pick one thing cuz there's definitely a lot of stuff that's really great um i mean i think like being able to to i guess like a, like take all of this information that we get from a weekend and craft it into these storylines about riders or about the series or something like that in a creative, a new way. And it's not just cut and dry from fact to point or whatever like that. You know, Maybe put a little spin on it, which as a journalist, we don't try to veer too much from the facts, but at least be able to tell good stories and convey that to audiences and then receive the feedback that they're excited to hear more about and stuff like that. Like this week, for example, I got a chance to um, like really properly meet and do a story on Slade Varola, who made his first ever 250SX main event. And, um, you know, like things you just don't even know or wouldn't learn unless you you sit down and talk to him and, and learn more about him. Like he's dating Jeremy McGrath's daughter. And that's oh, kind of really? a wild story. Wow. Yeah. Like, and things yeah. like that. And, um, you know, he's he's had like a really kind of quick rise from super mini to getting on a 250 and, and didn't have the success in that transition that most of the the top kids do, but now he's a main event guy and he's on a good program with HBI. So again, just like taking all of that information and being able to, um, you know, turn it into something that you get out in front of the public and share those stories with them. And then the the reception of that is like, I didn't know that, or that's cool. Like, this is a really interesting read. Uh, I, I just love that about it. Like being able to really, you know, drive the sport in, in new ways like that of, of getting, like I said, just great stories about these athletes and the series and all that stuff out there that maybe we didn't know about before.
0: I love it, man. Yeah. You talk of my language there, man. Like I love the story. Yeah. So that, um, no, that really, um, really, uh, makes a lot of sense to me that you like that. Like, um, just makes me think a little thing about myself. So, I was writing articles for the Moto Limited guys. You've probably met the Moto mm-hmm. Limited guys, yep, Nick and yep. Chet. They're They've been M- to my house. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Mates of mine, great blokes. So, uh, Moto Limited's no, no more, or at least on a long hiatus. You know, we never. Yeah, know. Yep. Uh, so, I was writing articles for them and um, we tried a few different things. And when I write, I, I am, it's got to be pretty creative, sort of from the heart, sort of stuff. And at one stage, we tried me doing writing just race reports like mm-hmm. quick race reports after the race and it just didn't go well like my heart just wasn't there to write this quick right and I, I did it and they were professional and they were neat but um I remember Trent saying to me dude like it's just it's not you it doesn't sound like you're writing anymore because it's just yeah. too much you just you're breaking news and information that's not who you are you know go why don't we go back to just you doing creative stories about things that are happening in the scene you know yeah And I went back to that and straight away, I was just, bang, I'm just writing stuff again. And it's all just, it just flows out of your fingers, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I get that. um, Yeah, I think there's different things for different people in the, um, you know, there's some dudes that are great at the news breaking and, the, you know, putting the reports down straight after the race. And so just giving information really quickly and, you know, succinct and all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah there's a um there's a place for all that and i think the, the the viewer the consumer there's different ones too some people just want to see the bullet points of exactly how it went down the results mm-hmm. bank who was injured who did what blah, 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 blah. and some yeah. people some people want to read a bit of a story about what happened so yeah that's um that's yeah i
1: mean like i think like all of us that grow up watching motocross and supercross like we're always looking for like new and fun information to to track with a story and like you know i remember interviewing prado this off season and getting kind of the little backstory about why he's so interested in supercross it's one thing to want to come over and race it uh you know if you're in it for the money or whatever but uh to hear him say like no i i I just you know i grew up watching supercross at home and the idea of racing under the lights and stuff like that like getting that information from him and being able to you know let the public see that this this is just a kid like all any of us that like you coming into anaheim for the first time and being left speechless he's he's in the same boat like he yeah. wants to race this because he feels that same way about supercross and yeah just getting information like that is is awesome i love it
0: yeah now i can i you know i've, I've heard young aussies say the same thing several mm-hmm. many times you know about um how they um you know that dream of America and doing a race just to get there and do one race to try and qualify for one outdoor or one supercross, and that is just yeah. like this amazing live stream thing to to just about every kid that's had any success or, or half success in Australia. That's that's sort of you know it's the it's the North Star you know yeah, yeah. um for them. So I can see you know, Prado you know little kid in Spain looking at. The U.S. Supercross, like <laughs> it's um, yeah,
1: and I mean, like look at how much that heat race meant to him to win it, and they yeah. showed it on the broadcast, and him coming back and hugging the family and everything like that. Like he's a world champion, and he looks like any other kid that's out there living the dream and being able to experience that for the first time. Like that's cool. I like that.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's super cool. He seems like a you know like a, I um I I don't and not through not wanting to it's really just a cost thing i don't follow the mxgp although i'm gonna to try to this year it's just like we got to pay for tv packages you know yeah, and, yeah. um you know the, you sort of sometimes you get to you know because like i'm a i'm a nfl fan as well so i pay for the nfl i pay for the uh or i used to pay for the motocross and the supercross in the nfl that was like me three for the year <laughs> and i was just like now now it's a bit cheaper because they you got the super motocross package so maybe you know i'll pay for that yeah get into the um the mxgp because you know like i was talking to um to ed who's like ed like replaced your mate lewis so yeah you know, yeah i was the ed yep. yeah and um he was talking all this uh mxgp stuff and that and i was like oh dude i'm making me feel bad that i don't know what you're talking about so i'm gonna have to start watching it so yeah but um lewis man just briefly on lewis i like the new show's awesome i really like it yeah it's really cool man i I like the especially when you're talking different stuff yeah that's really really fun and um but man lewis charging his brother man i'm definitely not on board with that that's terrible yeah and he's terrible man
1: he just keeps doubling down. Like every time I talk to him, he's like, "I want to charge more," and I'm like, "You've lost." Like the the Twitter war is over. Yeah. No one agrees with you on this. And he's like, "Well, Phil Nicoletti and Jason White can't agree with me." And I'm like, "That they're should not, not be. Yeah, that should not be your your point of reference here. Nah, the two cheapest men in the pits is not what you should be That's not.
0: Um, that's not. You know, they like. I, I um. I always laugh. I enjoy Wedge's um tight. Stuff is that because I'm a tight ass, um, but I'm like, like, uh, I'm nowhere near as mean as him, you know. Like, I'm a tight ass when it comes to, um, you know, like I'll make, I will cut, um, and a lot of this has been through necessity because, you know, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time with not much money in life, you know, so I will like reverse rear tyres to get the sharp edge again. And, then yeah. I, and and I will. I'm I'm very good at cutting a new sharp edge on a worn worn tire. <laughs> like I'll do things like that. I'll make things yeah. last. You know, like I'll change you know parts on a bike when they absolutely have to be changed. You know. So, yeah. That's the thing. I got a lot of I got a lot of tr- budget moto tricks. But um, but yeah, some of the things I've seen um, Weege get up to, I says, oh, dude, no, that's he's not a good example for uh, Lewis to <laughs> no. use as. Uh, has it been okay to uh to charge your brother so, that's no
1: it. yeah I, it's it's that's crazy to me like i i've had a couple of people stay at my house to start the year which which tends to happen because we got a lot of people coming out to california and i don't i've never once thought of like charging anybody even though they're not my family i don't think of charging them rent like yeah of course come stay like let's let's have some fun for a couple
0: of weeks like this is, yeah. is
1: supercross if it's your brother that's even worse so i don't get it
0: like, I sort of think if someone's, you know, if someone was coming to my house, they're, um, you know, they're, I'm getting something from it anyway. I'm getting the enjoyment yeah. of having them there, you know? Yeah. So that's Exactly. Because right. I'm not letting someone stay in my house if I don't enjoy their company. So I'm already, I'm getting their company. I mean, you know, so I, yeah, I, don't. I, I, for a start, I thought, oh, he's making that up. That's not true. But nope. sounds like it is true. And that's <laughs> it. But no, his no.
1: brother like literally came over uh for the the most recent episode and yeah he detailed everything that he's got to pay for and all this stuff to me and i'm like dude this is this is not cool this is really not a good idea lewis but whatever like not my family so you figure <laughs> it out
0: yeah man yeah geez i eh? Anyway, but yeah, I like the show. It's good. It's a good uh, new sort of Steve's man. There, yeah, it's no no surprise that he's 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 always got some new cool thing he's coming up with, didn't he? It's uh not not surprising that he's built the uh, built the empire that he has. You know, so
1: oh yeah, I mean, I'm glad that people are enjoying it so uh, so far for sure. And and the idea behind it really was every single Saturday that myself and Lewis and Steve and whoever else is in the press box, we have those types of conversations. If we can get a sliver of that out to the public, man, it—I think you guys would be laughing your heads off on some of the things I say in the press box. So,
0: I'll bet, yeah, yeah, the yeah, uh, I, I imagine the um the banter and that sort of thing would be pretty funny up there. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, just a, a couple of things I've I've written down here before. I'll, so I'll, I'll I'll towards the end of the show I'll ask just some random questions. You know, okay. There's a couple of little things here. Um, when I was in the States, man, every time so I tried a few fast foods, every time I drove past a Jack in the Box, which I didn't get to, it made me think of you every single time. So, you'd say that the Jack in the Box um argument with you and Steve certainly made an impact, you know, it's stuck yeah. in my memory that much. So, yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: that just stems from um, I, I do like Jack in the Box, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I'm not, I don't put it on this crazy pedestal, it just happened to be. <laughs> this one text thread that I have with uh, JT and Chris Betts and Steve, which is like a little baseball chat. They just one day were bringing up top five fast food places. And there was all this stipulations of like, it has to have a drive through. You can't like go in and order and come back out. So like that takes like Chipotle, which doesn't have drive throughs out Uh, five guys. Most of them don't have drive throughs. So yeah, Jack in the box made it in my top five, but it wasn't my number one. Like I'm going to put in and out and all these other ones way ahead of it but they just lost it and thought it was ridiculous for putting it in the top five, but it's good. I like it. I'll stick yeah. with it.
0: <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a funny thing, man. Now I just got all I, I got told um, by my friends, you know, cause I was like, what's like not too unhealthy. And mm-hmm. that's just like, and not too expensive, you know? So they sort of said Chick-fil-A in, in and out is sort of your, that's your sort of your base go to them. Yeah. You know? They're not too unhealthy and they're not too expensive. So, so i went to them and then we went to a few others and that but um some of the i had some of the food i had over there that was that was cool though was like you know i got authentic mexican like we don't have that oh, here. yeah you know that was that was really cool i actually had that in elsinore i found a place in elsinore there you go and um and i had um uh, i had chicken and waffles at the stadium and <laughs> that, geez, that, it was probably a bad move man because like i was walking around afterwards i'm like Damn, that's a heart attack in a box! I'm mean, like <laughs> sweating, you know. Like it was, had to try chicken and waffles though, you know, because oh yeah, uh, we have chicken and we have waffles, but not together. And our waffles are like nowhere near as good as that. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not all very, the you
1: know, sugar they pour into the batter, yeah, yeah, and
0: all, and all the syrup and everything. Like it was, yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. It was a yeah, was an experience, man, yeah um another little thing man you you touched on on one of the shows with lewis you touched on about um uh etiquette with um people's communication over um uh, digital communication that's a big man that 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 uh i like that that's a big thing with me i get so annoyed um with uh with bad um what do i call it yeah bad bad message etiquette you know like yeah that's i definitely like that man like uh I think in now day and age, like if if someone sends you something and you just um, completely ignore it, it's almost like um, just hanging up on them in the old days. It's like it's such a commonplace thing. It's like ignoring someone in a conversation or just hanging up on them. Like even just, I like even just give me a thumbs up, give me a, give me a, sorry, I'm busy. Give yeah, me anything other than just when you see that they've seen it and they've just ignored oh. it, <laughs> it fucking annoys the shit out of me. So,
1: absolutely, man, that grinds yeah. my gears. And you like yeah. it's half the time it's a question that's so easy to answer. And yeah. I don't care if you say no, you don't have to feel bad telling me that yeah. you can't do it or that you know you can't say or whatever. Yeah. But just give me the quick courtesy of yes or no or something, just and something. uh, yeah,
0: it's it grinds my gears for sure. Yeah, no, I'll definitely definitely on the same page as that man yeah a few random questions man so um what is your so you got one album to listen to for the rest of your life Mm. what is it man
1: tough um probably just anything by rush maybe maybe moving pictures by rush would be my go-to um I also like a lot of three eleven albums. No,
0: Rush man, Rush. I never picked you for a Rush yeah. Fan, that's Yeah, that's definitely yeah, that's one I'd never. I, honestly, man, I thinking about your age and that sort of thing. I I would have thought you were like definitely like a metalcore guy. You know, like uh, no. you would have been to and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, Rush man. I'm I'm it, kind it was, of
1: more. I was going to say, I'm kind of more into like alternative rock. So, like the new age stuff is, you know, I guess like Imagine Dragons is kind of the most popular, more alternative rock band now. But I grew up, my mom was really into like Pink Floyd and stuff like that from the 80s. So, I listened to that at the home a lot. And then, yeah, just started listening to Rush through listening to some of the things that she listened to and just got hooked on it. Like, that was like my high school life. I just blared Rush all day
0: long. So, Yeah. yeah, big into it. Yeah. It makes sense. It's come from your parents, man. So yeah, no, that's, yeah. um, you know, like, I mean, my, I, I like, you know, I like a few different things, but mostly I like rock, um, particularly grunge. Like I, I'm fairly and squarely like exactly the right age to be a grunge fan, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh and rock but like my first thing and still my favorite when it's all said and done is acdc and that comes from my dad you know like my my kids love acdc because of me you know like yeah acdc is a very much um it's like uh it's like a birthright you know you have vegemite on your toast when you're a kid (laughs) and you and and your parents listen to acdc like you know people from you know my my age and and demographic i guess you know it's very much um you know what you go to an ACDC concert in Australia, and there it's not unusual to see grandparents there with their grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. That's, that's
1: you, so have you you've been to a few concerts ACDC. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, I'm
1: bummed. I was gonna go to the Rush tour. Um, They're doing like a grand fortieth tour, and I had a chance to go to one of them. Couldn't quite get to it, and I thought like, well, surely they'll play maybe a couple extra shows. Like I'll get to something, and then Neil Pert
0: died like the next year, and I'm like
1: i missed my chance so yeah,
0: yeah yeah always always bummed about that yeah I yeah I, um, I see what you mean there yeah man like um yeah you never know some of these bands they just keep going around and around and and uh, there's a few of my favorite ones like i i live in the country man so and i, I in general i'm very much a country person like I'll, I'll only go to a city if i really love what's happening there like i'll go to okay. los Ange- i'll go to los angeles to go to a1 you know and i i can navigate and tolerate a city but i don't i don't really want to be there you know um yeah but um and i'm kind of like that with melbourne Like melbourne's a shit of a joint to get around to especially like marvel and that world that concerts are um it's like the worst part of melbourne to get around in you know so, <laughs> um you'll be if you ever come down to melbourne too because you'll be right because um you know internationals and na- that it's surrounded by hotels and stuff so you'll be just okay. walking. Yeah. And you, you think oh this is easy to get around but when you're driving in there it's a, it's a prick <laughs> of a joint you know I was
1: gonna say do you guys have those uh uh scooters that you like pay and you can ride around everywhere because that's the thing in cities these days everybody that, rides those little yeah scooters.
0: they do have it yes they do have them in Melbourne yeah okay. I don't know don't know where to get them or whatever because because I, I got to drive anyway so I just drive yeah. and, and pay the fortune to park at the stadium and all that sort of thing um but yeah, so that sort of puts me off going to concerts and also Aussie, ticket prices for concerts in Australia are crazy as well. You mm. know, like cost of living here is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's one thing I like, you know. Um I know uh California's supposed to be expensive, man. Like I was happy, I was real happy when I was <laughs> when I was feel, when I was fueling up the Dodge Minivan, I was real happy about how much I was paying because it's about oh. half of what I'm paying here. So wow. Yeah, no, seriously. It's, it's even if you do all the maths and conversions and all that it, yeah. it's about half what I'm paying here. wow so,
1: that's crazy yeah no it's very expensive here compared to like Redbud or somewhere in the middle of the country something like that is cheap gas yeah. for sure
0: well like I I drive a um a Holden Colorado which is exactly the same as a Chevy Colorado yeah, but, yeah. um there's the steering wheels on the other side and it's got a badge with a lion on it instead of the boat <laughs> Chevy bow tie, and um It usually costs me about, uh, if if, uh, like a full tank of fuel, will cost me about 160 bucks. So, (laughs) so, yeah, that's,
1: yeah, um, no, it's um, a lot.
0: It's crazy. And that's like, uh, yum. That's usually for about 65 liters, which is what, like 11 11 gallons, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So it's, um, wow. It is, it's damn expensive here. Yeah. And, um, and food and like a lot of things, you know, especially because Australia is pretty isolated. COVID, yeah. COVID really smacked us on cost of living because um, anything that had to travel here. Um, so basically, and a lot of it wasn't just oh it costs more to get here. It just supply and demand drove the price up. On, yeah, on sort of everything. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and that drove the price up on fuel. So a lot of Australia runs on trucks, you know, it's a big place, a lot of open spaces, and everything's far apart. So um, fuel, diesel went up, um, shipping goes up. Um, everything, everything sort of, cost of living sort of doubled here in a couple of years. So, oh my gosh, that's crazy. So that was, um, yeah, it was, was pretty crazy. And, um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, we still just, yeah we're you know honestly man they're still grateful man still a great country and you know there's, there's a lot of people a lot worse off than us but yeah yeah so I'm always still so good like,
1: attitude about it for
0: sure because always still very the people crazy,
1: here man. would be livid with those prices
0: <laughs> yeah it would riot <laughs> yeah yeah it's sort of one of those things like what can you do like you know Oh uh, yeah like, uh, you gotta still get around you gotta still eat and all that so you know oh yeah and I mean, you know, it's all—it's it, relevant to some extent because you know we um, like um, I've a, like a one-man construction business, so my prices had to go up. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my customers are paying, well, not double, but you know, a lot more because right. I just had to keep putting my prices up so I could earn a living. So it's all sort of all relevant, I, I guess. Um, you know, and I guess wages probably had to go up for you know people on a wage and that sort of thing so yeah man hey um um, who is your who is now i I reckon i'll i'll see if the the trend continues who is your celebrity hall pass so who celebrity hall pass mrs brow mrs brow gives you a hall pass for one like celebrity (laughs) girl who is that
1: oh man that's also a good question um I mean I feel like I'm a big friends fan so I'm like inclined to say like Jennifer Aniston but she's obviously a fair bit older than me.
0: That's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, I mean I still probably um Yeah, I, I'll say that. Cuz like up. I like, I like mid-90s it. jennifer aniston is a vibe for yeah sure, yeah
0: so. I, I reckon i reckon 2024 jennifer aniston yeah yeah no oh yeah yeah no yeah i can like to yeah, yeah. nah, uh, yeah, nah, uh, totally respect that i thought you were gonna go with margot robbie because just about everybody that comes on who's in their 30s goes says margot robbie so that's
1: like... i mean yeah she is good but i honestly <laughs> i don't really watch like a whole lot of like brand new movies so I, yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot with her in it but yeah i can see why yeah.
0: people say her for sure Movies, man. Like, I, I watched like on the flights, I watched about six or seven movies, and that's that'd be more movies than I've watched in the last three years. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not a huge sort of movie guy. Yeah. Like I said earlier on, I'm not much good at sitting down. So, yeah. But yeah. When you're on a plane, you know, crossing the can't Pacific, move. crossing the Pacific, and it's both my flights were night flights too. Um, so I, you can't read, you know, um, so i watched a lot of movies and then when the when the uh when we we're allowed to put the windows up and and the light came in the plane and all that then uh, i then i read so i got to actually you know catch up on all the reading that i normally don't get time to do as well so yeah yeah that that's great cool. that was pretty cool hey um one more question this one's this one's the, the probably the weirdest a lot what's your spirit animal hmm spirit
1: animal huh um so i raced track and field and cross country in high school so i would say something like a cheetah something fast fast like i just yeah i, I like look. uh i like the idea of just like really being uh quick sneaky quick aloof a little bit like that so um yeah probably a cheetah
0: nice i like it i like it Does wage now how fast you are and on, on your feet you probably don't, don't want it don't let him i don't know,
1: know. well i mean the interesting thing is uh like the, the two people that directly work under Weege are me and then my coworker Mitch. So I run like yeah. the video side of Racetracks, and Mitch runs like the web side of RacerX, like the online site. Um, and we both ran track and field in high school and he ended up playing football in college. But um, he uh, Weege hired two athletic skinny dudes that run well, apparently, to, to run the show for him
0: a little bit. Kind of random. Yeah yeah because I can I was going to say don't let him know because I can see him taking advantage of that he'd be like oh we need to get something from uh you know across the <laughs> across the pits at uh at, a, at an outdoor and it's like oh, Callan's fast he'll be able to make it he'll be sending uh, you high speed trips across the pits
1: yeah there have definitely been times that I've had to sprint from point A to point B to grab an interview or or something like that or to make it to something on time a press conference or whatever so it comes in handy still having some good legs under me
0: always remember that the weed show where he was um talking about he was he was busting to pee and he had to get out and with his crook knee <laughs> his, yeah. his, his crook knee and he's stepping over cables and all that sort of stuff trying to get get out and get back during the commercial break that was um <laughs> always reminds me of that that was yep. crazy. that's uh yep. yeah, the weed show man that's a classic that's um <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah that's uh, good, yeah. good
1: content for sure
0: that's that's awesome man yeah that's the okay, game man so what do we got we are probably nearly nearly done enough time there i reckon man nearly held held you up for long enough um yeah so uh what we do uh, a couple of little things i do to wrap up the show so first one is um give me your um give me your best aussie accent <sighs>
1: posy accent
0: uh, can, can you give me a sentence to say maybe if i had a sentence. um oh let me think of uh what's an iconic um an iconic one um
1: how you going mate or something you, like that
0: dude that's actually pretty good run that again <laughs> let's run that again how you going, mate jeez man that's pretty i reckon yours the best so far that's All the right. best. okay that's the best so far that was pretty damn pretty damn good yeah you had the yeah. Uh, had the the twang going there here the aussie i know twang. that the yeah. common
1: thing that like americans do is they they like talk really with their mouth like they're like oh how you doing my or whatever but i don't Over, know i've tried to
0: i overdo whenever
1: it. i've had to do an Australian accent
0: before i've always been mindful of that and, like when have you had to do an accent aussie accent before? before like um when does that come up
1: i i sometimes have done impressions of like aussie like chad Reed or something like that doing interviews. And so I've done that before as like a little bit of a comedy skit sometimes for people yeah, I'm yeah. with. So that's a,
0: that's a couple of times that I've had to do it, I guess. Ah, good, good. You should do more of that, man. Get that. <laughs> man. You should get you should, if you're good at that, man. Get that happening. T- taking the piss out of. Um, I reckon Hunter would be a good one to. to, to <laughs> I reckon he, yeah, to because Hunter, you know, he says some of these says some funny things and that sort of thing. He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man
1: cool right, good i'm number one on the board for aussie accents then
0: yeah yeah. I so <laughs> far man yeah yeah hey um do you have any do you have any questions of me or anything that you you know you want to touch upon um before we wrap the show up
1: no i mean I, i'm just very thankful that you asked me to to come on the show and uh very much appreciated that you think of me high enough to also call up and, and ask a little bit of my story and stuff like that so very, very much appreciated that. What we got to get you back out here though. I want to see you ride a California track. Now that you've been out here, you've seen them. Like we got to got to line this up to get you actually on a California
0: track out here. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I, uh, oh I, you know, I'll, like being able to afford it—it's always been the thing for me. And mm-hmm. um, you know, like uh, when I was first planning to to go, so basically, I, I worked a heap of overtime. Okay. To um, you know to pay for it and you know you it's sort of um you know you can't i worked a lot harder than i can sustain working you know like i work my guts yeah, out to yeah. to make the money for the flights but then i was lucky enough that um my trip was a lot more pleasurable and easy because a bunch of my friends from the u.s ended up sneakily paypaling me um mm. about nearly half of the, what the flights cost back into my account suddenly so because wow. did it, you stay with them too uh, so I sort of moved i moved around but um yeah but nah because none of the um a lot of the the main event fans from all over the country there was there's no or or, or at least NorCal, no one sort of lives in SoCal, so yeah there wasn't sort of a place to stay um, okay but um one you know one of the guys he he got a and b B&B that had room for me stay yeah, here yeah. that sort of thing you know but yeah so they ended up did help me out i I'd never paid i don't reckon i paid for a beer and I, I had more than my fair share while i was there i don't think i ever paid for a beer the whole time i was there. the buggers you know and not through lack of trying it's just like yeah. you know, i just kept getting handed beers <laughs> um, i never got a chance to pay for a meal so I'm like yeah that my yeah. friends over there really looked after me i was forever grateful for that but so you know, like coming back i was sort of like um you know don't be like, um, oh, that was a trip of a lifetime. Maybe I'll get to do it again. I've just, I just like, I've been saying to myself, nah, I'll be able to go back next year. I didn't take my US cash back. I've left it because I was like, I'll use that next year. I'm just sort of having a mindset that I'll be able to get back. So yeah, you never know what happens. Uh, but then my mindset is that, yeah, I want to go back next year. So if I do, might try and stay just a little bit longer, have a few more weekdays and that sort of thing and um you know like maybe um maybe try and um hang with uh hang with tool man dan um he's always got a spare bike you know <laughs> so, and because uh, he was riding he was doing a bit of riding around he was yeah, riding, yeah. Glen, riding Glen Helen when i went out there to um oh yeah went out there sort of sort of surprised him out there you know and yeah sort of thing. yeah uh, if
1: you make it back out you'll have to let me know for sure and, and i'll swing out there and we'll all hang out and we'll see what you yeah, got man. on the racetrack a little bit
0: yeah yeah it's not good like like i say um it shows how much i love riding that i'm a 47 year old who's never been out of c grade so (laughs) it shows how much i love it because i'm just not good at it yeah like i'm one of these guys like my but i'm fit on the bike i keep fit so like my first lap is the same pace as like my lap at the end of the day yeah <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just like slow and steady <laughs> uh, I've got no no sprint speed whatsoever but um but just love doing it so yeah that's great yeah that's the uh, that's the go there yeah and I did I was I was trying to um I was tra- actually trying to meet you guy Kiefer. Well, i was over there but uh and i went i even went to the high des for a long, i'd spent a day at his and that sort of thing but he yeah. wasn't about and that sort of thing never worked out but um the uh he's someone i'd certainly like to meet and um he was great like he's he for communication for a guy who gets a lot of communication is fantastic man he's yeah. like emails and all he's just such a good dude yeah. um and uh even at one stage he said oh you know if you know Come and ride the desert with us, and that sort of thing. And I was like, "Wow, how good's this guy?" And that'd be,
1: yeah, great, right. Yeah.
0: But also, too, like there was a lot of people I wanted to meet while I was there. People that I've messaged and emailed, and you know, or, or even talked to. Um, but it's like the the busiest few days of the year for these people. Yes. You know, <laughs> like yeah. uh, like I know I know Dark side a little bit, you know, and I want, and he was you know, at the stadium. We just couldn't even make it work because he's so busy, you know. Yep. But I was totally understanding of that too, you know. Like I, um, because it's like, I, you know, like I said, like me in construction, construction, it'd be like trying to get hold of me the last week before Christmas, yeah. When everybody's needs their house perfect for the, for Christmas day because the world's going to end, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. The world's going to end if, if the house isn't perfect on, um, when the family comes for Christmas, so That's The right. week is just like, oh, you know, that'd be like. Mm-hmm um that week um for for the motor video guys so so that was cool man but yeah i um i would love to uh yeah do a couple of laps of some of those um some of those iconic tracks man that would be uh that'd be super cool super, super oh, yeah. cool Definitely. look out there's there's my dog barking making his, making oh, his presence known. <laughs> a, i
1: heard the that, i think i heard the roosters in the background you
0: got, you got oh, yeah. going on there too or what <laughs> no man so i wish i'd love to but now I have a um I have a pet rooster. <laughs> I'll send you some my, my, my pet rooster is kind of famous. So Okay. All right. My, my pet rooster is um is that, is that him behind a, you there on the wall? Yeah, that's him. That's him. A, There's a story about the rooster. So okay, every right. every and he's he's not that close, but he's loud. So every podcast, the roosters always going in the background, and there is a bit of a story behind that. So Okay. Oh on. Um, I'll send you a link to check out the he's even got his own Instagram page. Oh, the Colonel. It's called The Colonel. The Colonel. The Colonel. Wow. Yeah. That's um, great. Cool, man. Couple of things I want to touch on. I don't like to end on a sad note, but there's a couple of sad things I just want I feel I need to just touch on. Um, and then we'll have a bit of fun to very to the very end of the show. Um, Aussie legend Anthony Gobert. Oh, I don't know the details, he passed away just a couple of days ago. Uh, very sad I know he's the brother of Alex gobert who is an Aussie media guy so condolences to Alex and um any of uh, Anthony's friends and family Anthony was a um a child Moto prodigy uh he's about probably exactly my age I've got magazines over here with him growing up it was him and Kim Ashkenazi so go but go 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 but as they used to say was on the kx80 ashkenazi on the rm80 this is like 89 90 91 sort of thing Mm -hmm. they were the child prodigies of of moto um and then uh, kim went on to a senior career um and anthony he he sort of won everything really quickly on big bikes and then went to road road racing and had a great career riding super bikes. so really sad for his family. So um, ride in peace to uh, go 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 but And the other one, um, so uh, Daniel Blair was at a arena cross um, just uh, a week ago and a gentleman by the name of Mike Walker lost his life. Um, there is a GoFundMe running for Mike's family, his wife and children. Um, I don't know how to share GoFundMe links and all that sort of thing properly, but I've looked it up. And if you look up Mike Walker and then like hashtag 54, must have been his name, his number. It's very easy to find. Go in there and um, donate. The Moto community always does um, get around things like this. So you guys, um, yeah, go and do what we always do and and help out that family in such a tough time. So Yeah, definitely. Rest in peace to both. Rest in, but right, right in peace is what I was right in say. peace. Yeah, that's right that's in peace crazy. to Mike as well. So, yeah, <laughs> um, cool man. So, to wind up the show, um, I do a bit of a sing along, there's no commitment to it. A okay, what people, do we got? A lot of people don't like it. Do you know Kenny Rogers the Gambler?
1: Ah, man, it sounds familiar, but I don't know it off the top of my head.
0: Cool man. All right, so. I'm just going to slide into a a verse. We don't do the whole song, just a little bit. Slide into a verse. When I get to the chorus, um, if you know it, just jump in and have a crack. If you don't, it's all good. We'll do. We'll do. All right, man. So I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet and his face lost all expression said if you're gonna play the game boy you gotta learn to play it right you got to know when to hold up know when to fold them, know when to walk, walk away. away know when to run yeah. you never count your money when you're sitting at the table there'll be time enough for counting when the I gear don't know it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, man. You figured out a little bit there. Yeah, a little uh, bit. See if you can learn. I, w- I definitely want to get you back on the shot some stage. So see. If you all can right, learn, I will learn, learn it. Learn. We'll sing gambling. it along together at the end next time. That's it, man. That's it, man. All right. Thank you very much, Callan, for coming on the outside gate, and thank you to anybody who has listened. Thank you. Cheers, man.